0: Hey everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0?
1: Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground.
0: Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones.
1: Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah.
0: Uh, There's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of, but there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up.
1: Plus, we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current
0: version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives.
1: You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program.
0: This is Nathan Opperson, your humble and obedient host, joining you for another week. Let's see, last week we talked about... What did we talk about last week, Jake? Bible memory. Bible memory. That's right. You memorized any new Bible since then? Oh, yeah. I memorized a ton of new Bible. I I, I memorized a whole chapter, almost a whole chapter of the Bible, using the Fantastic Verses app. I hope a lot of people have downloaded and a lot of people have memorized Scripture since that episode. Yeah, I decided that I've been
1: memorizing too much Bible, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little too easy to just get... It sounds really weird, but I've uh, been spending too much time memorizing the Bible when I should be doing other things. (laughs) It's really easy to justify playing uh, Bible memory games instead of doing... uh things you should be doing so
0: (laughs) i was going to netflix and chill last night when i finished everything else i was going to netflix and chill and instead (laughs) i found myself spending like a half an hour doing my uh bible memory and chill so (laughs) um i guess we're just both really godly
1: guys (laughs) yeah really godly
0: yeah that's probably it (laughs) well it's an effectively addictive app that's for sure and i recommend that people use it in a good wholesome helpful way which is what we're trying to do but i should probably introduce us we've got me, I'm Nathan Alberson, your humble and obedient host, creative director of Warhorn Media. Is that why I am? Why, yes. I'm glad you asked. We got over there, a uh, a, a pastor who's who's wiser and and more biblical than um, John Calvin and, and Benny Henn combined. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: uh,
0: it's...
1: <laughs> I think, if you mingle those two together, mingle those two, you
0: bring John Calvin down way down. A <laughs> and
2: we got
1: Jake. <laughs> And
0: then we've got uh, over there at uh, the the control panel, turning the knobs, turning the dials. I guess you turn both knobs
3: and dials. Sometimes. Turn,
0: uh, depending on what's required of Some weeks
3: only one, some uh, weeks both. He's the great Benjamin Sulzer.
0: How you doing today, Ben?
3: Good, Nathan. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm I'm doing well, Ben. We haven't talked about your love life in a while on this show.
3: No, we haven't.
0: But then we try, we always try and stay away from uh, (laughs) abstract theory.
3: <laughs> that's right, we do. That's, that's also why we don't talk about your love life, Nathan.
0: <laughs> nice comeback. Yeah, hosted great on my own patard. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether that actually is correct. But guys, we've got we've got a, a whole episode of Sound of Sanity ahead of us. Now, Ben, on our last episode, me and Jake obviously we've been uh, fantastic sinless human beings that we are. Memorized a lot of scripture this week using the Great Verses app. Now, last episode we said you were going to compare the Great Verses app against this loser clown app called Scripture Typer. Scripture
3: Typer. <laughs> That's right. So
0: have you done this comparison? I have. And what's, what's the verdict?
3: Oh, uh, let's see. Overall, I like Versus better because it has more games, more ways to put the Bible in your brain. That's really what the, all the, the games are.
0: You got your fill and in the blank. You got
3: your, your swap.
0: your Reorder. What, reorder. Yeah, you're your reordering. Yeah. You got your type what it else? out. You basically. Type it out. Listen. Yeah, yeah.
3: You're, yeah, you're listening. And Scripture Typer has, well, it just has like a kind of type it out sort of game. And it has listening if you pay for the full app. And I would say Scripture Typer is a little more professional. Slightly better designed. Versus is still getting up there. but, But Versus has more features. So... Probably a better deal. And for free. Yes. Yes. Although you have to buy the Bible version you want if it's not the uh, King, King James. James. Authorized. <laughs> King but that's James, true
1: of Scripture Typer as
3: well. That is true of Scripture Typer as well. So
1: so you have to pay for a full version of Scripture Typer and you have to pay for the Bible version.
3: That is correct. So, so they get you twice. It's pricier. That's it right. It
0: sounds like the intelligent consumer is going to choose verses. versus, versus?
3: <laughs> Scripture Typer.
0: Wait, what? Really? Hmm? I thought you just said versus was superior. You said versus. versus. I versus was completing your sentence. In your Mario voice. Yeah, I was and completing
3: your sentence. He versus, thought, yeah. versus scripture typer. They will choose versus. Versus versus
1: scripture typer. Uh, sh- scripture typer, I th- I think I remember you saying it also has ads and that's kind of annoying
3: right oh is that what I said you're you, probably right presumably not on the paid version I would hope uh, so do you have the no pay, you have the paid version? I don't have the paid version Mm-mm, I didn't I didn't spring for it yeah it does have ads I've just been using the un-paid apparently version. the ads
1: aren't annoying enough to bother you right
3: yeah they actually they weren't and I do like the interface and stuff on scripture typer pretty well but like I said I think versus is is better overall
0: well there's nothing worse than obnoxious ads. I think everyone should go and buy verses today. <laughs> it's like a, an ironic thing that I did there, Ben. Did you understand that? Irony. Irony. Right. I remember irony. Yeah. Yeah, we like to employ it sometimes on this on the uh, sound of sanity. Benjamin, that, Benjamin are Solz, everyone. That's his review. He says he should go with verses. Happy we are to have him agree with what we were already gonna say. Pretty much no matter what he said.
3: Huh. I'm always happy when it works out that
1: way. Jake, will you be sticking with verses or will
0: we be switching to clown typer?
1: I think I'm gonna stick with verses.
0: I myself will be sticking with verses.
1: I was gonna stick with verses no matter
0: what. Yeah. To be honest, I just kind of like verses. <laughs> yeah, it's got a nice layout. It's got nice colors. I mean. With with these kinds of things, part of it is just how it looks, how it feels. You know, it's just as simple as... Do you want to use it? Do you want to use it versus the kind of thing that... I already know that I want to use versus. Yeah, and some of that's I know that like... I want to use
1: versus maybe a little too much. Mm-hmm. That's a thing I'm okay with. Why would I bother switching? So
3: mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answer.
1: You don't have the answer.
0: So you, are you going to switch fully over to versus now? <laughs>
3: I'll let you know next week. Oh. Or maybe I won't.
0: Oh, Ben. <laughs> Well, there he is. That's Ben Sulzer. He's a man that's, well, he's easy to look down on. He Because he's he's short. short. Mm. Anyway, um, (laughs) what were we talking about? Oh, what's the subject of today? Guys, we're talking pop culture today. The name of this episode is Steven Spielberg which Jake spelled on our topic sheet. He spelled it S-T-E-P-H-E-N, which I believe that's not how Mr. Spielberg spells his name. Probably a
3: different Steven Spielberg by that name. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we're but actually talking about Steven do Spielberg. Why don't we see what that is, in fact? That you might be a good it's episode. His, it's
1: his alter ego, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, oh, you know, Stephen Spielberg. You guys know Stefan Spielberg. You, ever you ever watch the hardware. Uh, 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 Stefan Erkel.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about <laughs> Stefan <laughs> Spielberg. Stefan Spielberg. <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg and nerd culture. It is S-T-E-V-E-N. It is, yeah. Well, Jake, why don't you tell us the topic of our podcast today?
1: Well, there's been a a renaissance of 80s culture and 80s nerd culture in particular. Everybody loves
0: the 80s. I love the 80s, as VH1 once told us. Yeah,
1: so everybody's watched Stranger Things, which is just a great big homage, throwback to all kinds of 80s Spielberg in particular, Stephen King, Mm -hmm. John Carpenter. Sure. Type stuff. So Stranger Things is huge, and it's huge among people of our generation that like think it's cool to have some throwback stuff. Is also surprisingly or interestingly really big among the younger generation, all the way down to high school. The kids, kids like the Stranger Things. And they the like kids, Stranger Things. Yeah,
0: some of the kids are using it as a gateway into discovering '80s culture at large.
1: Yeah, it it's definitely for a lot of kids. I've discovered. A gateway. They don't know '80s culture. They don't know. I was talking to a couple girls recently uh, who are into Stranger Things. High school girls. High school girls. uh, Late high school. We were talking about Sean Astin makes an appearance in it, and so I said, "Oh, Sean Astin's in that, huh?" Because I hadn't hadn't watched it. And like, yeah, uh, Samwise Gamgee. He's kind of awesome, Samwise. And I said, "Well, uh, yeah, you know that he played this kid named Mikey in the Goonies." And they're like, "What's the Goonies?" What? <laughs> it's like, "Well, Mikey is the central kid character in this movie that's like kids on bikes in underground tunnels running from bad guys and trying to find buried treasure by Steven Spielberg." And they're like, "What?" And who's Steven Spielberg? Oh, no. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to, you know, E. T., Jaws, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future.
0: What? What's E.T.? Jurassic Park. Entertainment tonight? (laughs) What? (laughs)
1: Ring any bells for you guys? All you have to do is watch a couple clips from Stranger Things to know that it's just a very unsubtle homage to lots of Spielberg stuff.
0: Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes, and I was just like, I I didn't actually finish it. And I, I will fully cop to being a bit of a snob here, but I was just like, I have experienced all this stuff. I used to read Stephen King, as our listeners probably know, Probably shouldn't have done that, but I did. And I used to watch all the Spielberg movies and the Amblin Entertainment movies, and watching Stranger Things, it was just like, oh man, this is like a diluted remix of. I mean, it, it reminded me a little bit. I've seen exactly one episode of that show that everybody likes, Glee, which seemed like a very stupid show. But then I would always hear these 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 kids say like, oh man. Stairway to Heaven was such an awesome song that Glee did. Uh, like, yeah, Have you heard of a uh, little thing called Led Zeppelin, kid? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be a crotchety old man about it, but it's like uh, they're discovering this diluted, popified version of this thing. Then you're like, what about the real thing? I remember the real I remember when Lord of the Rings came out. Some guy said to me, man, that Peter Jackson, the director of Lord of the Rings, it's so cool how they'll be walking on mountains and he'll get these epic helicopter shots circling around them as they walk <laughs> on mountains. Have you never seen a movie before? Peter Jackson was not the genius that came up with helicopter shots circling people walking on mountains while epic music plays. (laughs) Did you watch The Sound of Music? (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Peter Jackson might have pushed it to its limits. Yeah. Peter Jackson. Yeah. yeah, And beyond. (laughs) Right. So this is not going to be an episode about how we're grumpy old men. Maybe it will be a little bit, but it is hard not to feel like that with some of this stuff. I don't know. Anyway, you were saying.
1: Well, we just wanted to ask the question. What's up with that? Uh, Ready Player One is another example. Yeah, we of just read this out. book,
0: Ready Player One, for the bookening, Our fine book podcast. I encourage you to check that out. We'll be reviewing it's that a really book big in March. deal. Lots mm-hmm. of
1: people have read the book. There was like you know Easter eggs hidden in the book, and there was people scrambling to figure out what they were and try to win a DeLorean. And it's all it's a book just filled top to bottom with 80s pop culture references it's like how many 80s pop culture references can we pack into they're not incidental to the page. plot they
0: are the plot the book is like if they're the point it's of the about book. a world that's built on 80s pop culture
1: it was basic summary Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the cover of the book, I think I made fun of it when I saw it, was like, Willy Wonka meets the Matrix. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Right. It's Willy Wonka meets the Matrix.
0: Which Jake's joke, by the way, was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a good joke. It was just like, finally, (laughs) Willy Wonka meets the Matrix. That's what we've been waiting (laughs) for. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, someone did it. (laughs) So my hat off to you, that was a good joke. But
1: (laughs) I thought our listeners deserved to have it repeated for them. Thanks. Go ahead. Um, so some some genius who grew up in the eighties but had Asperger's created a virtual reality where you could like be in any universe you wanted to be and they butt up against each other and could like live in Star Wars world and then flip a switch and live in Star Trek world and live in Mario Land and live in whatever. And the book is um, full
0: of references to Atari games and Oingo Boingo and... Uh, he, yeah,
1: so this guy dies and he, he created these Easter eggs throughout the world and uh, everybody's trying to figure out. And so it's just 80s reference after 80s reference while they're trying to <laughs> decipher his riddles and you know find the Easter eggs and win you know his trillions of dollars. It's just a good excuse to take a tour through the 80s. -hmm. And you'd think that that's probably just a cynical play on uh, millennials who are nostalgic for the 80s, their childhood or whatever. Sure, But it's more than that because again, lots of kids are reading it and eating it up and are excited about the movie that is going to be directed by Mr. Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg who are our teenage come out in March never heard of
0: but uh, so there's some kids that are just like Steven Spielberg what but then there's some people that are diving back into this culture and learning all about it and getting excited for things like war games and there's certain things from the 80s <laughs> that were perhaps
1: justly in my opinion forgotten <laughs> <laughs> I, I as we read that book for the book ending, I was like oh man there's a last starfighter reference so I, I was like I remember watching that as a kid I went watch the trailer for the last starfighter <laughs>
0: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> but it's always interesting for me when people are nostalgic for things that they weren't actually around for. You know, we have a generation now nostalgic for the eighties who doesn't remember the
1: eighties. Well, I'm nostalgic for the fifties and the like And the twenties. W- when we yeah. talked about this at in our Christmas episodes, which you should listen, listener, to all of our Christmas episodes. It may seem like it's like four weeks of Christmas and boring, they're they're yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. But um, yep. put a lot you of know, time the, into those Christmas. Part of the episodes. reason I love. I love uh, White Christmas or Bing Crosby stuff is because I'm nostalgic for an era that's before my time. I think, and I think I even sat on in those episodes, some of it may just be like I love my grandfather. That's his. Sure you know, whatever. But yeah, it's it's weird to be nostalgic for things that you never actually experienced. The
0: well, Christmas songs are a great example because all those songs were written in the 30s and 40s and everything. And they're about one horse open sleighs. You know, they're written by people that might have grown up around the turn of the century. They might remember that stuff. But then we're all nostalgic for things like chestnuts roast. I've never seen a chestnut roast over an open fire in my life. I've never mm-hmm. been on a one horse open sleigh. I think I've seen a horse drawn carriage a couple of times when I'm in a big city or in a little rural artsy community that we have around here and stuff like that. But I don't, actually live with any of that and yet i can still feel this longing like i just need to go back to this time when blah 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 blah. so now it's the 80s right that's weird
2: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we got to figure out what's behind that guys that's our mission today all right and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We just mentioned uh, Stranger Things in, in Ready Player One, but the pop
0: music of the last year. Oh, yeah, all the pop music's yeah. been rejiggering 80s, even bad 80s. Like, now they're, uh, you know, it's okay when they were finding the cool 80s, but now it's,
3: I don't know, I don't know.
0: Some things, Ben, that need to stay dead. Some things that you bury that need to stay buried. Like what Nathan? Need- I don't know. Poltergeists? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, I should say, fun fact about you, I discovered you in a barn! <laughs>
3: Well, I didn't think you were going to talk I about this, you,
0: People don't know this. This is it's a long time a f- ago. This is a fun fact. We probably should have said this at the beginning oh. of the episode, or of Sound of Sanity. People don't know Ben's our history with Ben. Me and Jake obviously grew up together. We were, as <laughs> friends, we'd go on That's adventures right. on our bikes That's and right, yeah. uh, uh, you know, hang out together. And what happened is uh, one day, me and Jake, we, we discover this creature rooting around in the shed. After running the from the cops, right? After, on your bikes. Across well, we... the
3: neighbor's yards and kind of the No, 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 before fences. that. Before okay, I get it all that. mixed yeah, up. Yeah,
0: we, we, So many adventures <laughs> where we rode our bikes and magical things happened. Yeah, but, I've uh, heard a lot of stories. In, in this case, we knew something was rooting around in our shed, so we got out the old Reese's Pieces, and uh, that's what I call them, Reese's Pieces, but it should be Reese's. That's
1: what we all called them back then. That's what we, yeah, that's that's we called them. We call them and, Reese's Pieces. And we, uh, yeah. Pieces. That was before I could
3: use words, so I never remember.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we lured you into our house formed a special connection. We had to hide you in our collection of dolls to keep you away from our
1: collective mother. Hide you in the closet, hide yep. you in the basement, pretend felt, we were sick I to stay safe home, and warm. introduce you to action figures and wor- teach you words that you didn't know. Yep. Yeah. He-man. He-man. <laughs> <Yes>. He-man. He-man. <laughs> You wanted to phone home you yeah. wanted to phone home right. which... but then the the bad men in the white lab coats and the white vans and hazmat suits came after you
0: okay
3: let's just oh
0: man well there's a time where we had to ben helped us find the buried treasure or the pirate's treasure or whatever that was oh, in, cool. in the
1: big caverns and caves underneath the ground
3: that one stretched me to the limit right there <laughs> <laughs> really did and i i went home i remember that and then yeah, you lived like two doors down. I don't yeah. know why we wouldn't let you phone home.
0: <laughs> we really should have. <laughs> like, ben, yeah.
3: Solzer, phone home. was. I was, nope. gl- I was having I too was, much fun. I was glad to come come home, but my mom was just scared out of her wits. I started talking to her. She did not know what to make of that. I just hadn't done that before. <laughs> so. Great, that concludes. A fun fact about Benjamin Solzer. Oh, great. You sure you don't want to talk about anything else? Think of? That's part of my private life that you just wanna bring out into the public space and just spread everywhere, cause I'm here for you.
0: There was the time where you discovered that your father was an evil super wizard and he cut off your hand.
3: Alright, I'm 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 I, I I'm I'm done with this. I think it says in the contract that I can be done. If certain certain lines are crossed, and I think they've been crossed today.
1: Like we crossed the streams that way. Yeah.
3: Okay. Alright, that's
0: enough. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> Let me just check the contract actually here.
3: Yeah, why don't you why don't you look at that and make, make real sure. No, it says you belong to us and we get to do whatever we want. That's what teleconnect powers are for, my friend. To rip up that contract. Let's <laughs> With my mind. <laughs> Controlling
0: your hands and causing them to pick up the contract. That and that's, not up. What's, that's not what's happening. The great <laughs> <use> <laughs> <of> <laughs> your telekinetic powers.
3: The listeners know better. They know what's really going on here.
0: And that concludes. Fun fact about Ben. Hey, guys, what kind of baggage do you bring to the 80s? Jake. You were born in what year? I was born in 1984. 1984. The Great uh, Society was crumbling. Big Brother was uh, <laughs> uh, had taken over. <laughs> Big Brother was
1: taken over. <laughs> Ronald Reagan was elected to his second term as president. <laughs> Communism and. Uh, and uh, the Cold War were still a thing. <laughs> I feel like there should just be, we should be going into a flashback <laughs> with 80s music.
0: Tetris was released
1: on the Commodore 64. <laughs> Hasbro launched a line of toys called Transformers. <laughs> Apple introduced the world to Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> Story: These movies came out the year I was born. You Let's ready hear for this? Them. Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, The Terminator, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, Boo, Boo, Gremlins, Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, The Natural, Sixteen Candles, Revenge of the Nerds, Red Dawn, Conan the Destroyer, Dune, The Muppets Take Manhattan, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Neverending Story, and the aforementioned The Last Starfighter. Wow! Whoa! True yeah. story. One year later, the year that you were born, mm-hmm. Rocky Four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo
0: Two. <II. laughs> oh, wow. Well, that is the best Rambo. Back to the Future. Mm, that is the best Back to the Future. The
1: Goonies. That's the best Goonies. ET. That's the color purple. The one and only. The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. European Vacation. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. St. Elmo's Fire. Launch of the Brat Pack. Yeah, of the Brat Pack. Yeah. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Mm. And the Great. Teen Wolf. great hear from Michael J. Fox. <Price. laughs> well, uh, having been the great
0: age of zero, I really remember all that stuff really <laughs> well and have a great nostalgia <laughs> on this sport.
1: <laughs> uh, but those are the movies that you grew up with on TV.
0: Yeah, and on VHS. I mean, I think, you know, people always try to make these really clean lines, but 80s, quote unquote, what we think of as 80s culture is really 80s into early 90s Absolutely, culture. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, once. Uh, once Nirvana came along, that's that's when I think, which is like, what, 91, 92, that's when we start getting 90s culture, but we yeah. still have a lot of overlap and bleed through, and everyone was still watching Star Wars, and people still had Ataris and stuff like that. I don't really so much remember the Atari. I remember that NES was my first gaming system, if, if that NES was my place, first gaming system, too,
3: yep. I had an Atari <laughs> for damn oh, <laughs> yes, but I was born a little bit earlier than you fellows. That is true. That is true. And grew up watching lots of Spielberg and lots of George Lucas. Lots of Star Wars with a VHS. Probably TV-recorded copy of Willow that we watched like, yes. at Infinitum. I remember that one. Yeah, we recommend it to our listeners, right, guys? Show it to your children.
1: Mm. Oh, no.
3: no. <laughs> Don't show <laughs> any of these <laughs> movies our to about to your children. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, and I remember watching a VHS copy recorded from the television of The Terminator over and over, along with Superman 2. All right. Uh, get, and we're getting more great movies for your kids. Mm. And uh, what Gun. else? Top Gun, another good ah, one for kids. I never saw kids. that one. E- even now, cat? I've only seen bits of it. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I d- just don't care about it at all. But Take my away. Yeah, I know that Well, song. there
1: was that scene.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: The None of these movies were healthy kids' movies. And no, but no. Disclaimer, we are not recommending totally any of these movies for kids. grew up with them as my kids', kids we're, we're,
3: movies. We're right. not recommending we grew up with them. but
0: What's that? Dirty
1: Dirty Dancing? Dirty Dancing. Didn't
3: see that yep. One. Yep. Saw Flight of the Navigator. The oh, Explorers. Yeah. Cloak and Dagger. That last one maybe a little more obs- obscure, but it's Short Circuit. Pretty cool stuff. Never saw that one.
1: You never saw Short Circuit? No. Huh.
3: It's there's some gaps in my huh. '80s movie education that I probably will never. Batteries not included. Fill a million times. Yeah. Loved that one as a kid. I think it's probably just an awful, probably. piece of garbage. But probably, yeah, I loved it. As but
1: a kid. I watched a lot too.
3: Yeah,
0: I watched a lot of the. I, I don't know. Maybe I was just an effeminate young person. But what I really associate with that era, as much as besides the Spielberg stuff, is. The John Hughes and the all the romantic movies from Breakfast that time. Club, Breakfast 16 Club, Candles. Sixteen Candles. No, Pretty I never in pink. saw those. Say anything is probably as I haven't seen it for twenty years, but I sure, I remember it as being the best one. That's John Cusack with the with the, the boom box on. Yeah. His huh. shoulders or whatever. Maybe that movie's. That's the
1: one I haven't. I haven't seen in a long. Never had in the longest. It would be interesting to rewatch movies. that one. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller, of course.
0: Uh, yeah. Those are. It's hard it's not to be nostalgic for some of this stuff, folks. Yeah. Yep. What Ernest.
3: We... What about? No, it was like the eighties were like the heyday for Ernest and his oh, of movies. Course. Ernest scared Ernest stupid. Scared, yeah. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest goes to jail. Yep. Oh, yeah. Ernest I didn't really watched a lot of those. Stupid was, it was a very
0: frightening film for young Nathan, as I remember. They're going to turn all the kids into trolls, and and Ernest, he was he was scared pretty stupid for, uh, and so yeah. was I. As a matter of fact,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was glad that Ernest went to camp. He saved Christmas. What else did he do? He uh, I think Ernest was from joins the army. So I think Ernest was either from or lived right across the river from me in Henderson, Kentucky. Oh really, and he always Jim Varney. Uh, Huh?
3: Jim Varney. That's Jim Varney,
1: yeah. Well, he always did these Audubon Chrysler commercials mm-hmm. <laughs> on the for the local Kentucky uh car dealership. You know, they always be on like pronouncing Audubon wrong. <laughs> it's not Audi Bound or Oti Boon. <laughs> Audubon Hey Vern, I ought would have been Chrysler. You know, whatever. Uh, That's what I the, when I think of Ernest, I think of those commercials first. I don't mm, think okay. of those movies. I don't know that ever maybe watched Ernest Goes to Camp. Well, at our at I had our, friends that were big into those movies, but I never
3: at heard. our summertime Ernest Sound of Sanity movie watching party, you will get to catch up on all those films, Jake. <laughs> we're gonna have a quite a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that
2: right?
0: Yeah, and five lucky listeners will be invited. <laughs> That's right. There's a Easter egg (laughs) hidden ready player one in this episode. If you discover it, (laughs) you can come to our earnest party. (laughs) Uh, If you can discover the earnest, you don't have to come to our.
3: (laughs) That's right.
0: Well, my baggage, I do know a heck of a lot about movies as people may have noticed if they've listened to some of our movie episodes. The reason for that. It ties into a larger question of identity Ben a question of identity oh like because the, i yeah. didn't have one i was homeschooled from age kindergarten to age Five grade, fifth grade, as I like to call it. And then I went into the sixth grade. I was just the most shy, fat, stupid kid. I remember being so bitterly, brutally envious of, of, of the kids that were funny and smart and thin and had interesting things. I mean, I was just like painfully, hatefully, awfully shy, I feel like I have to emphasize it because I feel like if someone hasn't actually experienced this kind of shyness, they're not going to know what I'm talking about. Like, it's not just, "Eh, you know, I'm I'm reluctant to talk to people, but it's like, I don't want to be here. I'm so scared. Everyone must hate me. I feel awkward, naked, vulnerable, exposed, bad. And I realized that I couldn't stay that way, but I just thought, you know, I hate myself. I'm fat. I'm stupid. I don't have anything to offer. There's nothing for me to talk about with anybody. Like, I don't know what to say to boys, let alone girls, you know, how scary they are um, and how beautiful they are. And so I just, I, did, I didn't have anything. And so I did a couple things. I mean, I learned how to be the Nathan that we all know and love today. But a big part of that was I watched a ton of movies from about, I want to say fifth or sixth grade on, I would go to the library. And the library was a great place because they didn't care what you checked out. So you could check out whatever you wanted. And if you were smart about hiding it from your parents, you could make sure that you just watched whatever you wanted from the library. So I'd check out the maximum, I think it was six or seven VHS tapes they'd let you take from the library. And so I got all the Spielberg movies, all the Stanley Kubrick movies, all the... Godfathers, your Apocalypse Nows, your everything. And through sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, I just gave myself a complete education. And it wasn't just like classic movies, It was modern blockbusters, it was franchises, it was rom-coms, Julia Roberts movies, Meg Ryan movies, Italian splatter films, anything I could get my hands on. I just wanted to absorb it all. Part of it was because I became a movie buff, obviously. I enjoyed movies. I enjoyed that storytelling form. Mm. But... A large part of it was a very, not subconscious, but conscious thought that everybody watches movies and everybody likes to talk about movies and everyone has an opinion on movies. And if I'm the movie guy, there's not a person in this class Of kids that I'm not going to be able to talk to. There's not a teacher that I'm not going to have something in common that I can talk about with. I mean, I think a lot of people probably do this with sports, but sports was, you know, I was always too fat and stupid for sports and I
1: just always felt by the time... The fact is, they're not as universal as movies. No, yeah, I mean... You can mm, talk to the jocks mm -hmm. about their favorite movies if you've seen their favorite movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everyone, what I found was it was just like the golden ticket. It was great. Like I could literally be friends with the jocks because we could talk about their favorite movies. I could be friends with the pretty girls because we could talk about Adam Sandler's The Wedding Singer which was really big in my high school for (laughs) whatever reason and Julia Roberts movies and you know, whatever the girls were watching, I could figure it out. I could watch it and then I'd have something to say. Obviously the guy, just the boys boys, you could talk about Rambo and True Lies and Arnold and those were the kinds of things that were big, die hard. But also with the more nerdy boys, you could talk about Stanley Kubrick. You know, there's always going to be those people that you really become friends with because you both have this shared knowledge. And what I found was it was just like this great social currency that I could spend. And it was very conscious, very conscious thought. It wasn't like... I just discovered this as I went along. It was at a certain point, I just decided I'm going to watch all the movies. And so I'd make myself watch movies that I didn't even like. My best friend's wedding with Julia Roberts is one that I remember specifically because the girls were all talking about it. And I was like, I will not be in a situation where I can't discuss my best friend's wedding with the pretty girls in my school. And so I fixed that problem. I saw my best friend's wedding. Doggone it if it wasn't. A big waste of time. (laughs) Um, But uh, um, what I ended up finding, because I grew up a little bit before the internet, and the internet probably hit or became really a thing when I, as it would have been around the exact same time that the internet was, people were starting to get the internet in their home. What I found was I had been developing this currency, which gave me a little bit of street cred at my school. But then suddenly this social currency that I developed shot through the roof because There was this thing called the internet and I could connect and people were connecting and they were forming these larger communities, these larger tribes based on the fact that, okay, Jake's a jock. He's never going to watch Italian splatter movies, but the hundred guys in America that have sought out those Italian splatter movies, we can have our own website. and We can talk about Kung Fu. We can talk about this. We can talk about that. I've seen Sonny Chiba movies. I've seen this. I've seen that. And so suddenly we had a community and I felt like I had a place. And it wasn't that I joined any chat forums or made any real deep connections with anyone on you know I don't have like any ongoing lasting relationships with anybody that I formed online but just feeling the warm embrace of knowing that there's these large communities that are into the same stuff and know the same stuff that are out there was great.
1: So you said earlier that this whole thing sort of evolved out of you saying you didn't really have an identity and you didn't know who you were and or who to be. So how did that work? How did movies play into forming the identity that was Nathan Alberson?
0: Well, I did not st- I, I want to be careful in how I talk about this, but I did not have any f- but anything real strong to latch on to at home. And I didn't feel like I had anything real strong to latch into at church. I mean,
1: I didn't know. I mean, I don't know how it works, you know? I, identities are, are something that are, are shaped by a, a culture, a mm-hmm. family culture, a home culture, a church culture. Everybody knows if we say that he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. We there are a whole, there's a whole host of uh, we we know what that means. There's a cultural identity that comes with being Jewish, that or Roman Catholic, sure. or any number of things that that that's true of and it you know it can vary in you know richness or in color, but you know shared language, shared history, shared story, shared stories, shared vernacular, shared mm-hmm. jokes, shared interests, shared enemies, common enemies all that like form, form identities for people. Yeah. But then there's this whole, you know, I think part of what we're talking about is this whole sort of lost generation of people that didn't really have that strong of a family home culture, church culture to shape them. What they had was pop culture right, to shape mm-hmm. them. I'm- and it gave us all of those things. It gave us, you know, a shared, uh, we just did a a massive riff on—I don't know how many movies we we referenced yeah. or played with. Just here with a Ben, lot. yeah. Just just with Ben, and you know what you what you called it earlier was currency. Like the stories, they were our stories. Mm-hmm. They were they were our they were the stories we inherited. Right. That that <laughs> Mr. Spielberg gave to us, or mm-hmm. Mr. King gave to us, or whoever it was, or Mr. Hughes. There were ways of speaking and lingo that we picked up on, and that uh, there were lines that we can quote and jokes that we tell that we just, you know. Well, and um, if you
0: think about how this podcast, if we want to just get really meta for a second, we just did a thing with Ben where we are entirely comfortable betting that. The vast majority of our listeners will understand exactly, if not everything that we just said, enough of it that it'll be fun for them to listen to.
1: Yeah. What I'm, Mm -hmm. what I think is fun is that we did a whole ET riff and I'm wondering how many people thought it was a Stranger Things riff. Right. (laughs) 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 Uh.
0: (laughs) Either way, it's the same currency. Maybe they got it in a different form,
1: but, but it's, but it's become because of the way that our, culture has developed at large you know it's it's universal currency everybody Almost everybody knows these movies, has seen these movies.
0: Yeah, and you feel bad, you know? I mean, I've, I still, if I'm in a room where everybody's talking about some song or some movie or something that they all seem to know and I don't, I want to, like, pull up my phone right then and there. Sometimes I do if I can get away with it. <laughs> and just, like, what is this thing? I want to be part of this conversation. You know, I mean, it is real social currency to know this thing. And, yeah, I was debating in my head how sort of grandiose to get about it. But I think I think you're right to say Lost Generation. I think there were thousands, if not millions of kids like me who didn't have a strong cultural identity that came from their church, from their family, who felt adrift, who felt fatherless, and latch onto this stuff. Maybe in a, I don't know if it's a new, you know, I'm not not a social historian. I'm sure it's happened in other ways and other times, but for us in the 80s and the 90s.
1: Well, look, boys, they learn how to engage with other boys and with young men by learning how to engage with their fathers. Mm -hmm. And if dad's not home, then, where are you going to turn? What are you going to do? You're going to be awkward? You're going to be weird? You're going to either be thrown in with other boys to sort of figure it out? You're going to pick stuff up from what fathers are available to you? Right. What fathers are in your home and telling you the stories and teaching you how kids should interact with parents and with each other? Yeah. Well, guess who was in our homes right.
0: <laughs> growing up? Yeah, for me, you know, it wasn't, I mean, I'm I'm sorry to say it, but it wasn't so much my dad. I had to learn it from somewhere. And so you're absolutely right. The, The social currency that I learned from these things wasn't just the currency of being able to talk about movies, but it was actually, I was learning how to act. Like Steven Spielberg taught me what a man was. There are ways in which Steven Spielberg... That's why I'm interested to see what he does with Ready Player One, because I think in some sense it has to be him reflecting on the fact that he raised a generation. He raised my generation. Steven Spielberg is my daddy, you know. <laughs> 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 he taught me this is how this is what a man should act. This is how a man should act with a woman. This is what's cool. This is what's bad. Authority's bad. Bureaucracy's bad. Government's bad. Guys in suits are bad. Guys in lab coats, very bad.
3: (laughs) 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 Um, They're
1: either making Uh. dinosaurs or... Parents, stupid, clueless, lost, out of the picture.
3: Yep. That's interesting. I don't think Spielberg had that effect on me, but in the back of my brain all the time and in my imagination was Tolkien, Mm. Lord of the Rings. So what I wanted was... I wanted strong father figures, and I wanted to be on a quest. And since I didn't see a way to connect that with the real world, I just let it be in my head. Or when I got to play video games with friends, which was not, not, not that often. <laughs> and I would OD. Right.
1: But it's, ex- it's the exact same thing. OD on video games. <laughs> <OD>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, did you end up in the hospital <laughs> for that? <laughs>
3: no, but I did end up with some spankings. <laughs> my mom hated video games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the, it's the Exact same thing. Ben's Ben's describing a hyper nerdy version of what I did in a nerdy but slightly more mainstream way.
1: Well, my dad was more at home in there, and so and he was a sports guy, and so a lot of my identity w- became baseball and, and sports sports culture because he he was my coach, and mm-hmm. that's where we connected and how we connected. And that was true for a lot of my friends too. Because guess what? If you grow up playing sports, then Chances are it's because your dads put you in and have a strong interest in sports, so you all have that in common. And so we were like the play basketball every day after school and bike around and do have our own little misadventures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, but then there were the movies that you know we just absorbed. Absorbed and used to teach us how to talk. Yeah, what kid now
0: Solzer probably is gonna say no to this, but most kids that I knew Certainly learned how to talk from the way that the Goonies and these kinds of, you know, you watch those 80s movies and it's kids saying certain words that I cannot repeat on this Christian podcast and sort of... uh, That's where we learned it from. Certain style of mocking
1: each other. Yeah, the the way that we made fun fun of each other, the way that we... The the repartees Here, we well, try to have. I just produce. called
0: Sulzer Solzer. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why didn't I just call him Ben? I called him Sulzer because Steven Spielberg taught me how to talk. That's how boys talk. You know. You know. That's that's like <laughs> that's actually a little mannerism that I learned from the movies. I never had any Christian friends that called each other that said, "Hey, Albertson." But I sure did see it in movies all the time.
1: It's funny. I don't. Yeah, we definitely call each other by last name. Hmm. Adam wasn't just Adam. He was always, he was often Rogers. It was Gwen as much as it was Cameron. It is Randy, not Holcomb, because Holcomb's weird. Yeah, it just depends on what the name. Like, yeah. Solzer is a good name to do that with. But <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I don't think I ever did that, and I don't think I I did repeat some of those words. I don't know. Maybe I learned from Spielberg, but I repeated them like not with other kids because I found that vulgar. But to myself when I was really mad. <laughs> 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 I was much oh, more. I just turned it all inward. So, <laughs>
1: oh, poor Ben. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just decided when I was in third grade to just do it. Mm. Give mm. myself over to talking that way. I know? was
3: always too afraid to be found out. <laughs> so, yeah. I was, I, was too afraid, I, was church I was more
1: afraid of being left out. Right. Yeah. than being found out.
3: Yeah, I wasn't. Huh, interesting. Yeah.
1: So we've sort of hinted, you've said a couple of times uh, because you didn't have it from your family or from the chur- from a church. Right. So it seems... <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, here we've got this. So we've got this generation that's wistful for the identity that we found in those old things, I think, in some way. And then, then we're teaching it to a new generation now to be wistful for this stuff. It's so weird. It is weird, and it's weird to be kind of caught right in the middle of it and to only sort of have hazy 80s memories. But also, I mean, I do know that the 80s wasn't as cool. I mean, we, <laughs> didn't, we didn't all just like play Dungeons and Dragons and then go on epic bike rides and save the world from the government. I mean, we really – that's not – I mean, a lot of the music was terrible and <laughs> –
1: it's funny how a history, lot of things were terrible. History
0: sifts and give us gives us the best stuff, and then you know we think, "I'd like to go back to the 1920s, and we'd all be dancing the Charleston, see, and you know <laughs> we'd have our American flags, and we'd be drinking martinis and dancing the." Char- it's like I'm pretty sure. It- not a lot of people were actually doing that through the entire. I'd like to go back to the '60s and we'd be a hippie, and I'd be a hippie, and I don't know why I'm still talking. Like a 19, <laughs> and I'd be a hippie, see. <laughs> I'd go to Woodstock, see.
3: <laughs> Peace and love, see. Or study covers, see. So
1: we got a couple of things. We got the. The weirdness of being nostalgic for things that right. uh, we never experienced. And then we've got this strong desire to have community and a shared culture and an identity that's formed around things that we have in common. But the problem is it's really easy and dumb for our relationships to be built on really dumb and superficial. Transparent and it's silly.
0: transparent. Uh, what's the word I want for something that's going to go away? Transient. Transient, yes. Transient things, yeah. Well, here's, a, here's, a, here, let me, uh, let me yeah, ask you, Jake. Trivial uh, things. One of those fat little sixth grade Nathan who doesn't feel like he has an identity or he's interesting or has anything to say comes into your, your, your office. His mom drags him there, I guess, because he never would have gone yeah. to your office at the time. What do you think the cause of his problem is and how do you fix it, Pastor Mensal?
1: Well, I think the cause of his problem is ultimately, one way or another, however you want to shape it, some degree of fatherlessness. Mm -hmm. Kids grow up learning from their dads how to interact with people and wanting to be their dads and having their ideas of what they love and what's cool formed by their dads. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is Nathan's response to that, which is, I'm going to find the lowest bar things that I can have in common with the most number of people. And that's what I'm going to use as currency to build all of my relationships on. Mm-hmm. And that's that will get you through social situations, but it won't give you the intimacy and the community that you really want right. to have. Because and you think back, and we can all do this to the relationships that we had, you know, for you it was it was more movies and stuff. For me it was more sports. Well, so I grew up playing ball with the same group of kids from the age of five. All the way through high school, we played together. I mean, literally kids on my first t-ball team were on the high school baseball team with me, you know, and on all-star teams and travel teams. And we played basketball every day after school. Those were relationships based on a couple of things. And as soon as those circumstances changed those relationships were gone i don't keep up with any of those guys today mm-hmm. i just don't i don't keep up with them cuz things changed yeah same with same with
0: my yeah. mer- my fellow movie nerd friends
1: so what does that tell you about the nature of those relationships it tells you that they were shallow and they were just Relationships of convenience and uh, relationships of circumstance. You can have acquaintances, Mm. but that's not the kind of relationships that God made us for. And so I have one lasting friend from high school. That one lasting friend from high school is a guy that I had nothing in common with, that I made fun of for three years. And then I became a Christian and found out that he was a Christian. We became brothers and we ended up going to church together walking through a lot of stuff together figuring figuring out what we believed confessing sin to each other you know and that was a that was a friendship that formed over my senior year of high school my last year there and that's the only one that's lasted and it was because it was built on something bigger and deeper and richer than the trivial, circumstantial things around us. And and we didn't have a lot in common, at least not at first. Now, you know, friends tend to become like each other over time. So we, you know, that changed. We found more things in common with each other. We listened to each other's music and, you know. But yeah, so, I, you know... What I want to tell sixth grade Nathan is, okay, he's found some currency where he can talk to lots of people. That's fine. Movies are fine in and of themselves. Maybe you've got a little overboard there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's but the
1: but it's a fun thing. It's good to be able to talk to people, and it's good to be able to to have something where you you know you know you can have a, a conversation about something that interests you know whoever you're talking to. But your identity shouldn't come from there. Your community and your relationships need to go deeper and need to be built on more than that. So then what I would talk to to sixth grade Nathan about is about how in the family of of God, if you belong to Jesus, you've been adopted into God's family and God has become your father. And he has given you other fathers and mothers in the faith to look to. And he's given you brothers and sisters to be friends with who can share your burdens and care for you who you can be vulnerable with. And he's given you a history He's given you stories. You have fathers that go back and back and back and back. Back through the church fathers, back through the apostles, through the prophets, to David and Moses. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are your fathers. This is your history. They are your people because God adopted you into his family. These are your songs. This is your language. This is your culture. And this is your new identity. You're a son of God. These are your brothers and sisters, and this is how you interact with them. And you can be vulnerable with them. And I know you feel really vulnerable and it's hard, but try it, open up. And then I would just try to be a father to sixth grade Nathan and love him. So you're saying
0: you wouldn't. Get some DC talk and some left-behind movies and be like, you like culture? Well, you like pop culture. Well, how about
3: this? (laughs) Uh, Put that in your pipe and smoke it.
0: That really is what's dumb about that that Christian approach. I mean, what they see is they're like, little sixth grade Nathan, is he likes this stuff. So we're going to address this really surface problem and attract him. And And sixth grade Nathan rightfully is like, no. I'm looking for an identity, idiot. <laughs> I'm looking for a place to put my roots down, and that's what Mr. Spielberg is giving me. If you can't beat it, then get in line behind <laughs> Steven, and it's going to be a long line before I get to your left behind and your DC talk.
1: <laughs> <coughs> well, that's what I always—yeah, I mean, I remember my Christian friends— <laughs> pulling that on me right not that i really had christian friends but there were always there were always a you know a couple kids in in school that would be like oh you like nirvana (laughs) check out this uh, album it'll blow your mind and it's jesus freak it's like what? First of all,
3: I love that back in the day. I right went to that concert uh, two years ago. This was, <laughs> this was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I
0: I just remember there were people, there were pastors, there were were good pastor mensels at the time who were so lame and didn't know anything about culture and were just like, oh, "Hey Nathan, let me teach you how to change the oil in your car." You know, it was actually the people that had no cultural currency of that type that. I responded to and that I love because they were getting to a deeper heart issue, a deeper desire of mine than anyone. I mean, anyone that tried to appeal to me on the level of the Hollywood things that I liked, it was just like I despised those people. It was so lame. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You mean you didn't think the youth bastard that came in and dropped 50 cultural references on you was cool? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I sure didn't.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting thinking about what you'd say to little Nathan because... I always think of this line from The Matrix Reloaded. Aren't I cool to have this line <laughs> wow, <laughs> loaded
1: up? We are cool.
0: Well, it's where uh, Neo is talking to the architect, and he says to the architect, You won't destroy us. You need us for food, basically. You won't destroy humanity because you need us. You need to feed off of us. And he says, There are levels of survival that we are willing to accept. <laughs> so little Nathan was sinning, but he was also trying to do, he was also stuck and trying to survive. The problem is that those things that we do to survive then become patterns that we build into the rest of our lives. And what?
1: Well, and then we have to believe in it so much it, you, because we have to believe the lie that it was substantive. Mm-hmm. We can whitewash something as dumb as the '80s, right? And turn around and package it and sell it to kids like it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Guess what? It wasn't. <laughs> no, it
0: wasn't. We it remember. Was not the
1: coolest thing ever.
0: <laughs> I played the Nightmare on
1: Elm Street pinball. <laughs> <laughs> it jammed up. <laughs> And that's is it, it was fun. There's yeah. some fun things. Some really fun things like Willow.
3: I, <laughs> Willow, yes. <laughs> that's a great example. <laughs> yeah. Oh man
1: Oh yeah. If you wanna see Val Kilmer running around with what what what, what was his name?
3: Mad Mardigan. Oh, you mean with Warwick Davis? Warwick Davis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Willow holds all the... It's epic and vulgar and utterly stupid in the 80s. And just one, one movie. You know, it's funny,
0: before we get too far away from it, I wanted to say, when you were mentioning the relationships that have survived versus the relationships that I haven't, it reminded me of... One of the only friends that I'm still in contact with from high school that I still really love was a guy who I talked with movies a lot. And then one day we were having a sleepover and we spent most of the evening talking about movies. And then we were like curled up in our sleeping bags, going to bed. And this guy said something like... I remember he was like, I think he was really scared to say this, but he felt the need to say it. He said, one month. And everybody was asleep except for the two of us. And I was like, just trying to decide whether to ignore it or be like, okay, what is one month? Do you take the bait? And I took the bait. And I'm like, one month. Do you think you could go for one month without talking about movies? (laughs) I'm like, oh, well, maybe... Maybe not. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I remember being rebuked by this guy. And he was real nice about it. But he was just like, you know, we should talk about something besides movies. And so we talked mostly about movies after that. But I always had it in the back of my head, like, if I want to be this guy's friend, and I do we have to talk about something besides movies. And it was actually really nice and helpful. Hmm. Now, if I see this gentleman, we probably wouldn't talk about movies at all. I'm sure we would. We still, we still enjoy pop culture and stuff, but our lives have just moved beyond that into so many other things. It's nice that, and and we've moved in different directions in life. And it's nice that, and, and, and now I do like a, pop culture podcasts and stuff. He does something completely different. We still have Christ in common. We still have the church in common. We still have our families in common. You know, it's like the stuff that matters is the stuff that will always be there no matter where we go in life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe that's a dumb and obvious thing to say, but...
3: Well,
1: you know, I I was a college pastor for a long time. I still oversee to some degree our college ministry and our youth groups, and it's just not dumb people need to have it said to them. They, they, people don't think that way. Especially when they're just young and trying to figure out who they are and they want to fit in. Trying on different personalities. Want to be, just yeah, like just out- trying outfits. to... F- yeah, they, they're not seeing... The big picture; they're not seeing past getting through the next day at, at school without something embarrassing happening right. to them.
0: Well, the reason why something like the Breakfast Club is so resonant is, I think, for a lot of kids, you really want to figure out your place. Like, am I the nerd? Am I Emilio Estevez? Am I Ali Sheedy? I was definitely Ali Sheedy, and Ali Sheedy always makes me cry in the Breakfast Club. But uh, <laughs> if, if you were wondering who I was, I was I was, I was Ali Sheedy Maybe with a little of who's the bad boy, Judd Nelson. I haven't seen the Breakfast Club. I've yeah. never seen the But like, Nerd. You, Ben, I don't think you can be my friend. You haven't seen The Breakfast Club. You're just not cool enough. Man. Um,
3: Maybe if we sheesh, were all ben. like in detention together, like if the pastors decided that you sound of sanity, guys, you're doing a bad <laughs> job. You're going to sit in this room and talk things out. Maybe then, Nathan, you and I could become friends.
0: <laughs> I, I don't see that happening at all.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Never mind. Uh,
0: Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. You You win. But you, you want to like? Am I Anthony Michael Hall? Am I uh, Molly Ringwald? Am I Ali?
1: You, you, you just want to know what your identity is, and it's so hard. They're so caught up in trying to get through today without being embarrassed and mm. scoring one or two more cool points. Right, like they're not thinking about the big picture. They're not thinking about anything. So I don't think it can be said enough. And especially as you know, as the family and family cultures deteriorate, all we're gonna have left is whatever the public schools and our gaming systems and our tv and movies give to us that's what that's what kids are going to grow up with is what they're going to have take it from
0: somebody who's tried that's not a good place to root your identity Mm. it won't last i mean it's just very practical it's not even that anything dramatic will happen it's just that people will get married and it turns out you people will have jobs people it turns out you know, we can all look at the our favorite nerds on the internet that spend their lives immersed in pop culture. Most people actually have to move on with their life past pop culture. And so those things just deteriorate and
1: like the mist. They unless they away. live in the oasis. Right, unless they live in the oasis. And then they can be like Wade Watts, who sits alone every night and watches Family Ties reruns. And somehow that's like, cool.
0: And when he falls in love with the beautiful heroine of the story, the way that he describes their romance burgeoning is, we could just talk about everything. She got all my references, right? right. I you yeah. literally, think that's literally a sentence. She got wow. all my references. And isn't yeah. that what a lot of guys are looking for in a girl? Number one, Hot. Number two, she gets all my references. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Well, I'm going to say the hot, hotness is fleeting. That's a paraphrase of the scripture. And she gets all my references <laughs> is also fleeting. It's, it's, not all it cra- <laughs> it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah,
1: it's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> vain, you could say. Yes. yes. <laughs> you could say.
2: <laughs>
0: Okay. So sum it up for us, Jake. Hey, let's, so your family sucks. Your dad wasn't a good dad. Your mom wasn't a good mom. You actually have to, you actually do have to do the work of not just, we can't just tell everyone that's listening that they have to go back to their blood family because that don't work, unfortunately, in this horrible, sinful world. Where should people find their identity, I wonder?
1: They should belong to the God that made them, belong to his family, and he will give you your identity and he will shape it through his word and through his church. And you will have real community and real relationship. The kind of things that you, you feel like is impossible and outside of your grasp. Kind of thing that you're, what was the line? Willing to survive.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. The um, level of survival. <laughs> there are levels of survival we're willing to accept. You won't have to accept those levels of survival. That's right. That's right. But what do you say to somebody who's just like, yeah, but they really don't get my frame of reference. I, I am a nerd. I did spend my life in pop culture, and these these people, they they aren't going to— I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb, and they're going to— The church will think I'm a loser. for.
1: Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe you'll stick out a little bit. Maybe you don't have a whole bunch of superficial frames of reference— Maybe you think the movies they like are dumb, and they think the movies you like are dumb. But at the end of the day, you have in common the fact that you're sinners bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You do have a story in common, which is the story of all of mankind, the story of the redemption of the people of God, and the story of the redemption of every sinner. We all... Have shared experience. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if we have repented of our sins and trusted in Jesus, that's a world of things to connect over. If we're trying to walk in faithfulness to Him, we need the help of everybody. And so, yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe somebody won't get your references, but <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Big deal. Uh we have this uh cool app called Versus. Mm-hmm. You can memorize a whole new set of references. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and have shared references. Yeah, exactly. Available now on <laughs> iTunes. I believe there's an Android version.
3: <laughs> scripture type too. Scripture Typer. Scripture mm-hmm. Typer. Yes, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. For people too. who yeah, want to
0: purposely ostracize themselves <laughs> from the group.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a joke, but it's also serious, right? Well, yeah, and I just, I cannot, as, as a re- repenting, whatever you want to call it, as a repenting Spielbergian, I cannot emphasize how infinitely more valuable And of what greater worth are the relationships that are built in Christ? Like, I really love people as God has sanctified me. I've had the ability to really love people, and they love me, who I just never would have guessed. I mean, the proof is in the pudding in this room. We're all friends, right? Like, we enjoy each other's company. Yeah. We like to tease Ben for the purposes of humorous dialogue on the podcast. But we all genuinely like each other, like spending time with each other. I don't think old Nathan ever would have given either one of you guys— the time of di- Ben would have been a um, bridge too far with the nerdiness, and Jake would have been <laughs> like Mr. Emilio Estevez over there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but in Christ, it just really doesn't matter. It turns out we do actually have things in common things that are delightful transient things that are delightful even about each other that we can enjoy that i just never would have given the time of day and i'm so sorry that i was like that and i'm so glad that god's working to bring me out of that you know
2: yeah
1: oh no the devil's
0: advocacy alarm is going off
1: i have a bad feeling about this
0: Jake ripped it out of the wall. Ben, did you reinstall
3: the Devil's Advocacy <laughs> Alarm? Just a, kind of a gaping hole in the wall there. Yeah, so patch it up. I, patch it up. I had an alarm it's that a fit pat- right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why
3: do you think we had Jake? We
1: don't.
0: All right, folks. The, I, guess, I guess another episode with the Devil's Advocacy Alarm. Thanks to Ben. For people who don't know, Devil's Advocacy Alarm is part of the show where someone has to argue for the opposite position of what we've been talking about so i think guys i hate myself (laughs) (laughs) you think that do you (laughs) yeah maybe i'll do it i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take a crack at it here you will find it is you who are mistaken about a great many things
1: (laughs) Is that right?
0: (laughs) Here's what I want to say. I just want to point out the great irony in you guys getting up on your high horse and saying, we have to find our identity in Christ after you spend an entire... Podcast, including right now leading into the devil's advocacy alarm, we had two Star Wars lines. <laughs> we did an entire running joke bit with Ben where he was, oh, reference, 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 reference. We got our most downloads ever doing a podcast about Star Wars, where at the end of the podcast, who but the great Pastor Jacob Menzel says, Oh, actually, it's better that your kids do watch a little bit of Star Wars than that they <laughs> don't <laughs> engage with it at all, that they'd be surprised by it, that the world overtake them without them. So here we are making our money, making our hay, making our living here by engaging with pop culture. If, if I just want to be specifically hateful to myself, Nathan, what is your brand? But not a Christian guy. That knows about pop culture. What do you get on your various podcasts and do, if not that? <laughs> so you're going to say your identity is rooted in the church and in Christ. You're, you're going to actually have the gall to say that after building a identity with Jake, with Ben, with other fine people at War- the great Warhorn Media with pop culture, it turns out that that stuff is currency in our culture. It is valuable. Christians do have to learn how to spend it and how to use it. It turns out that when we go to church, we're still going to have other... I mean, yeah, of course, okay, great. Our, our identity is in Christ. Our identity is in the church. But that's not this vague nebulous thing. Then we go on Sunday morning. We have to talk to each other. It's not going to be 100% us just talking about theology, we're gonna have. We're gonna ask people how their week has been. We're gonna end up talking about sports. We're gonna end up talking about movies. We're gonna form connections and friendships based on the things that we like. And the church can do what it can to sort of discipline that and make sure that the small groups include a broad plethora of different kinds of people, just like a platoon in a World War II movie. You know, they can try and mix it up, but ultimately. People do like what they like. People do make connections. People do. I mean, you guys are acting like friendships aren't formed over pop culture at all. It turns out the three people in this room are friends and are doing a podcast together. And part of the reason is that they enjoy talking about pop culture together. And let's let's really come back and deal with this Star Wars issue. You guys did an episode, Jake, where you compared living in the world to living in Rome back in the, the days of the apostles. And you specifically compared Ephesus. Our, I think our, it was our place in the world to Ephesus. And you said, we can band together as Christians and pretend like the temple to Artemis doesn't exist.
1: At the center of town.
0: At the center of town. Or we can acknowledge that it, it exists. We can, in some sense, tell our kids those stories. What you said specifically is that you do watch Star Wars with your children. And, and I'll grant you you said you have to be careful not to just let your kids worship Star Wars, but you said, "We do watch it. we do engage with it and and you kind of sounded like you were saying, probably people should.
1: Yeah, I wanted to stop short of saying probably people should.
0: right, right, but but really, if you were just saying what you the the way, okay, it's not a moral issue, you can't just tell people what to do, but the path of wisdom that you've elected for you and yours, is you're going to engage with it somehow. You're going to teach your kids how to engage with it somehow. Yeah. So doing this really binary thing and then getting on your high horse like you guys were trying to do at the beginning of the episode is eh, just kind of lame and a little bit disingenuous. It's a little bit more complicated than that. The devil rests his case. You are beaten. It is useless to resist.
1: We're backed into a corner. Nobody puts sanity in a corner.
3: <laughs> <laughs> sanity never say die. <laughs> okay,
1: listen, here's, here's what I want to say to you, devil. I want to say probably a pretty easy devil to
0: defeat, but that's the best devil that I could get, so Sorry. I think those are genuinely the questions that I've heard people have about the kind of podcast that we do and the questions that I've had to examine myself about. We're doing a pop culture podcast, so it's a real, it's a real issue that we have to think about here. And we are trading on the street cred. I mean, I, I myself and you guys too with me have been trading on sure. the street cred of sure. pop culture for this whole sure. episode. Sure, so
1: let me address the Star Wars thing right. again or try to come at it again. What I found was that my kids were already engaged with Star Wars. I had not shown them anything. They had not seen a single thing. But they knew about Star Wars. They knew the stories. They knew the characters. They knew characters I had never heard of from shows. They were engaged with Star Wars because they had friends that were engaged with Star Wars. So I could choose to let this big, huge, massive cultural phenomenon be interpreted to them by their friends and by wherever else they get it. Or I could engage it with them myself. So I chose to engage it directly myself. I Felt like it was un- inevitable, unavoidable, inescapable for them to have to deal with Star Wars. Better to have dad. Be the one who is helping them deal with it that i'm not saying that prescriptively i don't know what other
0: parents in other circumstances might make a absolutely choice, you
1: know my kids are in a private school maybe your kids are homeschooled and uh, but it, for me for us it was even the neighbor kids but we live in a suburb maybe you live in the country
0: maybe whatever jake's kids kay? walk past the temple of artemis every day your kids actually don't for whatever reason
1: right but star wars is a reality in their lives name of the and girlfriend in ready player one by the way artemis artemis Anyway, true story <laughs> my only point that I was really trying to make was we have to find ways to teach our kids to engage with the culture that they live in can't pretend like those things don't exist for better or for worse and time will in fact tell I've chosen to to engage with Star Wars with my kids and I've shown them you know some Star Wars stuff that's 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 one thing and but then you set that up as a Here's a a strong principle of we have to engage and then the flip side, but our identity comes from here. here's what I want to come back and say, I think over again, what we said in the Star Wars episode, which is that pop culture is fine in its place, which is a place where it is wildly, vastly, majorly subordinate. It's a fun little thing. You can have some fun with some pop culture stuff with a Marvel movie or something like that. And then you can have, you can engage with the Marvel movie or with the Star Wars universe or whatever with some discernment. And you can have an idea then about how to engage with the culture. But that's totally different than what you described as sixth grade Nathan. Oh sure doing yeah, what sixth grade Nathan was doing was not having an identity formed by his his home or by his church and then wanting to have and be able to engage with people about whatever they're interested in and you know have that go other places it, no, Nathan was looking for an identity, and he turned to this superficial stuff. Tri- trivial pop culture became who who Nathan was, or who he was trying to be, or where he was trying to find his identity, and and that's where we we're saying no, mm-hmm. no, that no. Uh, and you, you sort of, like in your devil's advocacy, you made it out like what we're trying to say is, well, we should only talk about the sermon or talk about theology on Sunday morning and you know, have all your conversations and relationships. Well, that's not what we're saying. If your relationships don't go any deeper than that, mm-hmm. if they're not built on something more solid and more real than that, then they're not good for anything right. and they're not going to last and they're not going to be what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. And if anybody's listening to this and wondering like, how do I order my life in order to the best advice I can give you, based on my personal experience, at least and maybe it's not the same for everybody. But as I've said before, I think on our podcast, or probably more than once, I never would have survived if any time I tried to be like, "Oh shoot, pop culture is an idol. I have to make it a smaller. I have to make sure I'm always subordinating it." That's not wor- what actually works. What actually works is, I mean, yes, you do have to sometimes just smash those idols. I'm not saying you don't. And there are ways that I've had to in my life. Maybe we'll talk about them sometime. But also, the first step is put Christ first. Put his church first. Actually go to church. Actually make friends. Actually attend Wednesday evenings or Thursday evenings or whatever it is. Go to the functions. You know, if you just want some practical steps, start to do stuff like that. Offer to help
1: the people move.
0: Get involved in your small
1: group. As you find the courage to... At a sleepover after hours of talking about movies have the the nerve to say one month yeah
3: thanks <laughs> ben <laughs> good good job good job <laughs> uh
0: goody two shoes but
3: nathan uh, can't we set it sounds like a lot of time given to church can't we set boundaries so that we'll still have some time to engage with pop culture
0: no no <laughs> Yes. I, I don't but, know where are are you get your world? delusions, laser
3: brain. <laughs> 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 but I want to <would've> watch movies.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what I've found? Uh, it's a little bit like, I don't know. I, there are people who might need to make rigid rules for themselves, and that's great. I watch whatever movies I want to watch with whatever time I can give to them. I just don't have any time for movies anymore because serving the church and working for this wonderful church ministry, and I don't mean to make myself sound great. I just mean to say very practically, God's work of sanctification in my life has just been giving me more responsibility, allowing me to do more things as I, by his mercy, by his great mercy, humble myself. And that's what I would encourage people to do their first step. And then there'll be things that they just have, idols that they have to smash, things that they just have to say no to. Yes, of course. But First, just humble yourself and uh, get involved in your church. I think that's the that's going to solve a lot of your problems. That's if you just want a practical step one. But gee, why don't people do that, Jake? <laughs> uh, everyone's listening. They're just going to if if they're in this position, they're they're just going to. Why why might not why might not they want to do the simple little thing that
1: I just said? I wonder the reason people show up to church want to stand out in the foyer and talk about movies or TV. Or not quite get involved is because nobody wants to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to take the risk of being real. Mm-hmm. That's what's hard. That means having your sins opened up and exposed. It means confessing your sins. And that's where real intimacy and real relationship in the church begins is when you start to confess and admit that you are a sinner. And a real sinner, not a hypothetical one, but in real practical ways. And that's the step that people are afraid of. But that's where intimacy and relationship begins in the church. When we all admit to ourselves and to each other that we got nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a really freeing and liberating thing To realize that none of us have anything to bring to God. Uh, Jock, geek. (laughs) uh, Nerd. From Ali Sheedy to Amelia Estevez, all the way to Jed (laughs) Delson. Skinny, fat, you know, whatever. Like we all, cool, uncool. Anthony Michael Hall. You're not bringing your coolness or your pop culture knowledge to to the throne of God as anything that he's going to accept, right? As anything he can be bothered by. Anything that he's going to care about. All you bring... To him is your empty hands. And that leveler is what binds us together. That's what we have in common. We have in common the sins of our first father, Adam. We have in common the sins that are common to all men. And then God brings us into his household and he gives us a new story and a new history and a new family. And we begin to have things in common with uh, each other that aren't just our sins. Right. But our faith, our love for God, uh the suffering that we walk through as we try to live godly and righteous lives, as we try to put to death the deeds of the flesh. And God uses all those things to bind us together. And I just think there's nothing that you can give mm. to God that He
0: won't give you something better. Just just trust He us. says so and He yeah. promises it
1: mm-hmm. explicitly.
0: We should just tie up that issue of nostalgia. I think nostalgia is a weird word. I think it's a bad word actually. Not a dirty word, but just uh Incomplete word for that wistful longing feeling. It ain't exactly a wistful longing for the past as we experienced. It's just a wistful longing for another time, another place, something that was magical and that we feel like we could have control over as opposed to our dumb stupid boring life that we don't have any control over now Mm. that's what people are longing for when they long for a time whether it's time that they specifically remember or a time that they just think that they remember or a time that they don't remember at all but just have an idealized notion of but you gotta put the past behind you as uh pumba as pumba well no he said what did he say (laughs) you gotta put you behind in your past And now everyone likes me. Waves of validation because I said something pop culture that most people listening to this podcast will remember yay all right in fact let's spend a few more minutes doing Little that <laughs> by doing the 80s pop culture alphabet game guys we're gonna right. just go through the alphabet and everybody starting with a continuing on to B and so forth everyone has to say something that is from 80s pop culture so I'll start with a aha they did the great song take on me I'll be gone uh, ben,
1: I'm <laughs> not. Back to the Future. Jake. <laughs> uh, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> D
0: for Conan the Destroyer. Wow. E.
3: E. Empire Strikes Back.
0: There you go. F. V- v- footloose. Goonies.
3: Game over, man. Game <laughs> over. That too. Uh, that was my choice for you. Uh.
1: Halloween. Anthony Michael Hall.
3: Anthony Michael Hall. Halloween.
1: Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah,
0: he, oh, that's <laughs> the H-I-J. Jack. Michael Jackson. <laughs> He's from the 80s. Nice. The King of Pop, Michael Jackson.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there, there's tons of stuff.
0: I'm just trying to choose the best one.
3: No.
1: Have a Karate Kid?
3: Karate Kid. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, <Welcome. Jake?
1: laughs> Last Starfighter. <laughs> Muppets.
0: Oh, yeah, the Muppets. Mm, sure. Yeah. Muppets Take Manhattan. That's a good one. Or Muppets. Great Muppet Caper. I don't know. We'll yeah. go with Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. Mad Max. Mad Max also. Yeah, great. And mm. so New nice. Wave. New Wave. There we go. Impressive. <laughs> Most
3: impressive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for? O? Yeah. Oingo Boingo. Hey, there we go. P. Oh, brother. I can think of one. I'm going to say I have never seen this.
1: I never will. Purple Rain. Oh, Purple Rain would have been way better. Purple Rain. Prince. <laughs> Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody, 1975. We Will Rock You, 1977. Origin, 1970.
0: There's probably some famous Queen so, song from the 80s,
3: though. I mean, Quigley Down Under, but that's...
1: They released their greatest al- uh, hits album in the 80s, 1981
3: validation i don't know what else is cue
1: are we
0: sure quickly down under that'd be a nice poll if that
3: it would works. be nice but i'm almost certain it's maybe it's the very end of the 80s.
0: 1990 yeah that's what i I'm thought. say that doesn't it,
3: count it felt like the 90s
0: uh quest for fire what about the band queensrike are they from the 80s hey queensrike i'm a genius an american heavy metal band formed in 1982
3: queensrike yay <laughs> <laughs> you're a genius <laughs>
1: Oh, I have R. Well gee, that'll be tough. Rocky Rambo. Raiders of the Lost Ark.
3: (laughs) You got a rough one.
1: (laughs) REO Speedwagon. See here. So that leaves me Who framed Roger Rabbit. Just trying to decide what I want to do for
0: the For S? For S.
1: Steven Spielberg? Steven
0: Spielberg is a pretty good one, <laughs> yes. Uh, Bruce Springsteen? Short Circuit? So short Circuit. I feel like I probably must be missing some really obvious stuff, but yeah, we'll go with Steven Spielberg. Wow. The Terminator? Uh, you 2 V, huh? National Lampoon's Vacation, I guess, since I can't think of anything better. But don't mm. watch it, folks.
3: Mm. Westworld. is that? 70s?
1: Mm. Weird Science. Very nice. I'm. You got to... I gave you Weird Science, man.
3: Weird Science.
1: Probably don't see that one either.
3: No, I haven't seen that one.
1: Don't see that one. So I've got X. Yep. Are there X Men movies from the.
0: No, there is the band, uh, the English band XTC. (sniffs) Xanadu.
1: Oh, Xanadu. Great poll.
0: Congratulations. The great Olivia Newton John. There's nothing more 80s in the world (laughs) than Xanadu. (laughs) Well done. Well done. I feel like that deserves a standing ovation. (laughs) Um, Okay. For you playing at home, me and Ben just stood and gave Jake a standing ovation for coming up with Olivia. Xanadu. John's Xanadu. The only standing ovation. Uh, Let's see here. So that leaves me with why. I suppose the band Yes probably released some things, but I think I can do better than that. <laughs> Young Blood. Young Blood is a good one. Oh, I hate to. Ew. Young Frankenstein's probably the 70s, right? Probably. 1970s.
1: Oh, Ben, you could have done Willy Wonka. Yeah,
0: you That sure?
3: was a much better idea.
0: Oh, I've got the stupidest one maybe. I think. Let's see? Unsung. This is an appropriately unsung Spielberg joint. Young Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> from the year of my birth, 1985. Huh, huh. Oh, and Young Guns, starring the Brat Pack. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That mm. is a good one. It's not a good movie, but it's a good poll. Yeah. And, um, that's got Emilio Estevez in it, doesn't it? Or one of those guys, Martin. It's, Emilio, it's Emilio Estevez. Mm. I always get him confused with Charlie Sheen from that
1: era. Come on, Ben. You got you got an easy one here. You uh, do. Super easy.
3: I believe you, but... Ben,
1: you were just talking about the greatest chiptune of all time, in your opinion,
3: the other day. Oh. Zelda. Resident of, so Oh yeah, we were leaving video games out of this. I did forget about video games.
1: It is- All 80s pop culture was on
0: the table, right? It was, yeah. So Yep, yep. I'm not going to say that that wouldn't have been acceptable. I also would have taken... Or I'll tell you what I was hoping you wouldn't go with because I really can't stand them is ZZ Top.
3: No, no. I have no awareness of what they even sound like. Just that they're vaguely... They're kind of gross or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If you just imagine rock and roll that's lame and terrible and stuff, then... Yeah, that sounds about right. ZZ Top and guys with gross and I don't know, I don't know not as easy top fan. Well guys, that was a fun uh, old game of 80s pop culture alphabet. Congratulations to us. Um, Jake, is there anything we need to be advertising this month?
1: Uh, Yeah, last call. If you want to come to our pastor's conference, it is February 21 through 23rd. Registration is still open. We still want you to come and sign up, so please sign up today. Don't hesitate. Right now, go to warhornmedia.com, click the register button, go ahead and get it taken care of, and get here. We want to meet you guys. Yep, yep, last call. It's closing time. Just get some crummy uh,
0: 90s 90s pop culture in the 90s, 90s, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. It's closing time. You don't have to go home but but you can't. Can! (laughs) Because we're at a conference. Come come here. here. (laughs) You, all of you, everyone listening who's a pastor, an aspiring pastor, elder, leader in their church, aspired thereof, come to our pastor's conference. It's called The Great Conflict. Nope. Called the good conflict. Did you already say that?
1: No, I didn't. It's, it's
0: called, called the good, good fight. The good, <laughs> yep, I'm sorry. Right.
1: Conflict in Christian ministry. I just say that wrong
0: 100% of the time that I've had to say it. Confl- the good fight, conflict in Christian ministry. You're going to have your Toby J. Sumter. You're going to have your Pastor Tim Bailey, uh Toby J. Sumter, also Pastor Toby J. Sumter. And we're going to have Pastor Max Carell all there talking about conflict in the Christian ministry. A fine time, I'm sure, will we'll be had by all. Anything else to say about that, Jake? Nope.
1: All Looking right. forward to seeing you guys. All right. Well, folks, we're
0: closing up the sanity bag for today. We're, we'll are we be back to quote uh, another great 80s, ben, one of Ben's favorite 80s movies, apparently. Which one? What? The Terminator.
3: Oh, yeah. No, you should definitely uh, not watch that.
0: No, I don't think you probably should. If nope. I, uh, folks, it's been a lot of years since I've seen these movies, but I'll tell you what it hasn't been a lot of years since we be began this podcast which is now ending with that wonderful transition and handling all our audio was benjamin Sulzer, who engineered us nathan alberson who produced us jacob Ensel and nathan alberson who executive produced us until next time folks
1: stay safe <laughs>